Welcome to the Unshrew Show, my personal journal covering life lessons from an unshrewed point of view, hosted by me, Dana Jones. And I'm so excited to be back with you guys. I feel like life has been so interesting lately. Um, you know, I thought we would be out of this pandemic now. And so it feels a little weird to still be dealing with so much COVID related stuff. And honestly, it makes it really difficult for me to create. But everything that I'm going to talk about today is revolves around that, like creating through a pandemic and through all the things you're going through. I was riding in my car and this song came on that I had not heard in forever. And when I start listening to the words of it, I really started thinking about how they're so relevant to everything that we're going through right now. And um, it really just made me stop for a minute and think through things and really got me inspired to, to talk about what I want to talk about today. So it's this song that came out in 1993. Um, I was a really little kid, so I feel like I've discovered it later. <laughs> but it's called Looking Through Patient Eyes, and it's by this American hip-hop group called PM Dawn. And it's this word that kind of just makes you um, essentially think about yourself and like also looking through patient eyes. And to me, when I hear it, I think about like showing myself grace and self-compassion. Um, and I think it came to me in a really really crucial time because in the pandemic, I mean, it took living in a pandemic for me to realize that I'm not the best at taking care of myself, like self-care. I know it's such a buzzword now, um, but the root of self-care, just taking care of your essential needs, not letting yourself get stressed out. Those things that aren't flashy and super Instagram fun and social media fun. I wasn't really good at those. (laughs) For example, Um, I know when the pandemic first started, I would like get up out of bed and jump on my computer to start work at like 6am, which was completely unhealthy. In hindsight, I'm like, why was I doing that? Because no one else is online for the workday at 6am. It's literally just me catching up on things or doing extra things or driving projects forward when I could really still be sleeping or what doing things that are for me and not necessarily work related. So uh, I'd call that an example of like not taking care of yourself, not being aware of the fact that you're literally giving your best hours, or at least for me, I'm a morning person. So between 5am sometimes as early as I wake up up until about, you know, 830, that's time I could have to myself because technically the business day doesn't really start till nine. So I'm literally giving those hours away to this full-time job that. Um, I wouldn't say the job doesn't deserve it, but I don't deserve to give my best hours of the day to this job that is a job that has set hours that I'm supposed to give it. And when I go above those, I don't get anything extra. So there was no reason for me to give that job my extra life energy, life force. (laughs) Um, So that was one way I was like, dang, I'm really not taking care of myself. Uh, Another thing that I recognize is just how sometimes the little things really are make a crucial difference to us because getting my nails done, getting my toes done, things that we couldn't do for a little bit during the pandemic. Like when I started getting my toes done again, I was like, dang, you know, this is something that just makes me feel good. And it's worth the $30 to get it done, to have them scrub, to have the water on my feet, like just to go somewhere else and have them take care of it. Because I tried to take my nails the other day and they look really bad. <laughs> so giving that responsibility to someone else is actually good for it. I I don't mind doing that or good at it because I'm not very good at painting nails and sitting still and being patient there. 
So anyway, um, that's essentially what the song talks about is it starts off as like, whatever it is I do, I try to think about you and I have a love for you that nothing hides. So I heard that and I was like, that's totally to me about self-love. When I first heard, I was like, dang, it's totally about me, um, about loving yourself, about making sure that you're taking care of yourself and covering yourself. And I have this thing lately that I've been going through whenever I hear a love song, I'm like, oh, that's about self-love, not about person to person love. And maybe that's just because that's the vibe I'm on, um, about really focusing in on myself and making sure I'm doing the things that make me happy. So this song, like I said, it kind of made me just pause and just really acknowledge the fact that I'm struggling with the self-care part. And it really made me take a look at the things that I've been doing, like starting my work day so early and look at some things that, will make me happier and feel better throughout the day. And so one thing that I started maybe three weeks ago was just really deciding to keep my mood at an eight. So if we rank how we feel in a day from like one to 10, you know, some days you're going to feel a 10 and some days you're going to feel a little bit lower than that. But I never really want to go below an eight. And it's hard. I mean, I never realized how hard it was. So I started trying to do this because I feel like there would be some days I would be so stressed where I was going down to like a three. I mean, and between everything with the pandemic and the work and some of the other things that I've been pursuing, it just would get tough. And so I just don't want to go below that eight. And so some things that I did to not go there was I stopped interviewing for jobs. (laughs) And this is a transparent moment for me because I've been interviewing what feels like for a long season, a long stretch of time, I've been interviewing for new roles, seeking out a new job. I've talked about it a lot on my podcast. And to be truthful with you guys, it was draining the life out of me, literally draining the life out of me. Because if you've ever gone through the job process, I mean, I'm like networking, I'm sending emails and contacting people. Um, I'm having sometimes two, three calls a week, intro calls with recruiters, maybe one or two interviews. And it just was getting, catching up with me because I was like, gosh, I can't focus on my other goals because interviewing is literally a part-time job that's all consuming and it doesn't pay. So it was really draining, sucking the life out of me. I say, It was like a death eater. If you're a Harry Potter person, how they literally just suck the soul from your body. I literally felt like that's what interviewing for jobs was doing for me because I wasn't getting job offers. Like I can say I probably did. I don't know. I wish I would have kept better count, but it feels like hundreds of interviews over the time span that I've been interviewing and it gets stressful. I mean, and a lot of them would just keep me going round and round and round and round. Like I've read articles about how job interviews are making you go like five rounds, nine rounds. And it's crazy because one job I interviewed for, um, which actually during the interview process, someone that I interviewed with said they listened to my podcast. So that was pretty awesome. So you're listening now. I, I enjoyed that person and talking with her and learning about the role, but I didn't enjoy the process that they put me through. And I'll kind of speak to that now because I I think I talked to maybe like six people and then I ended up having to be do a presentation. They wanted me to do a presentation like on Monday morning at 10 a.m. They told me the topic that I was presenting on on Thursday. So as you can imagine, that's that means that you have all weekend to work on the project. So that's what I did is like spent a lot of time on my weekend preparing this deck. And some of the things they asked for were like a 30, 60, 90 day plan for what I was going to do when I got in the role. And I'm 
hip to hip to the game here because I was like, I don't give away my ideas like that in an interview. Like I'll give you a tease, uh, but I feel like if you want ideas, I think you should compensate the candidates that interview for roles if you're asking them to give you ideas for your company brand or whatever. So I think I gave maybe one idea for each thing. And then while I presented, I just tried to emphasize, you know, we'll go deeper into this once I get the role. We'll go deeper into this once I get the role or I'll do this. I kept it real high level. I also spoke about, you know, the first 30 days of a role, you're really trying to learn the culture and the company and the acronyms. Cause I don't know if you guys have worked at a corporate job, but corporate jobs have so many like inside culture acronyms and you almost have to learn a new language. So I'm spending that 30 days doing that. So I kind of broke it down that way, tried to show my personality. I made this really nice deck. I themed it around the holidays because it was around the holidays when I interviewed and tried to speak to things I'd already talked about and use work that I'd already done. So I pulled from some decks I've done at work and from school because I just finished my master. So pulling from that stuff that I did for getting my MBA last year and put a good deck together. Go into that interview. They asked to record it. I present to like seven people on the call. The next interview uh, is on teams with like a VP of HR for the company. And I moved to that round, get on the teams, wait on the teams. VP never shows, get an email. Like, where are you? Basically, me and VP had two different teams links, so we didn't get to sync up. And so I was like, oh, well, you know, the year's ending. I'll regroup with this company January. So try to talk to them again in January. And finally, recruiter calls me and was like, yeah, you I, I kind of felt like because I missed that last call with the VP, they were going to be a little angry. I thought we'd be able to reschedule it, but they were just they had a, a, a generic kind of excuse for why I wasn't going to move forward. But it's it was funny to me because the recruiter said to the next round. And I was like, next round? There's already been like six rounds. And so I look back on that experience and feel like God was really protecting me because I don't think it takes six, 10, 12 rounds of a job interview if the company is in a healthy place and knows what they're looking for, knows what job they want you to do. I kind of felt like this place was just wanting to take ideas because they recruited me. They had done, um, taken their program because it was a health type of program um, in a really, really big healthcare company. And they took their project to an MBA program and had the class do a whole project on it. So literally you're getting free consulting from that MBA class. You're getting free consulting from candidates. So I just all around felt like they were not trying to hire someone. So that's part of the process of the job process that I was just getting so broken down by because I'm like, okay, I know y'all think that I'm qualified to do this role, but are you even hiring? Cause you've put me to through all these processes, ultimately just to get a deck. And then there's still four or five more rounds. It just feels like I'm not very good at video games. So I feel like when I was a kid, I used to play Sonic and um, Mortal Kombat. And it's like, I could never really go up to the levels and you know, know all the little secret tricks that you'd press on the keypad. And I kind of felt like this was what was happening here of like, I just playing and playing and playing on level one. And after a while you get bored with that. So you give up and um, not even give up, but you just move on to do something else. And that's what I felt like was happening of like, okay, I'm letting this suck the life out of me. I'm not getting job opportunities or I'm not getting hired. Uh, that's the way to put it. I'm not getting hired. I'm not getting paid to put these decks together. I'm literally just going round and 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 round. And so I decided for a little stretch of time, I'm just not going to interview and the second thing I decided I'm not going to do for a little stretch of time is date just because 
it was starting to feel a lot like the interview process where I just get excited about something. I get hopeful and we go day after day or, you know, conversation after conversation. And it just doesn't get to the level I'd like it to get to. Um, it doesn't get to a long-term relationship. It doesn't get to marriage. And to me, I just felt drained by that. I was like, you know, I'm tired of dating. Um, and I read this book a long time ago called what got you here won't get you there. And I was like, obviously the methods that I'm taking to get to the next level are not healthy for me they're not fruitful for me and so I need to pivot and I also need to take care of myself to keep myself at an eight um I had to just step away and know like okay that's I'm okay with stepping away and I don't feel like I'm missing out from just saying that's not my season to do right now there's so many other things that I can focus on and so I made this long list of like 20 things that I wanted to achieve that had nothing to do with career And nothing to do with relationship, dating, romantic partnership. And I've been really enjoying accomplishing things on that list. I've um, spent a lot more time with my friends. I um, was in a small group and I've been in small group, the same small group since 2016. And so I was able to lead that small group to a healthy ending, which you want to end well. And so looking at what I'm going to do next spiritually to make sure I'm getting fed in that way every week is something that I've been able to focus on, um, considering how I'd like to give my time, because I would really love to find a service opportunity that I can commit to on an ongoing basis that just really makes me feel, you know, like I'm just appreciate it. Like, I feel like anytime you serve, that's like the highest level of appreciation because I, I don't know. I never heard thank you so much until I serve. Like all the other volunteers, thank you. The people that lead the programs, thank you. The people that you're serving, they so show so much gratitude. And I just always feel like that's a good use of my time, a good productive and healthy use of my time to service others. And so I wrote down finding another service project, uh, focusing on my budget, um, through all kinds of things, focusing more on my podcast. So I wanted to pour more into the things that bring me joy instead of the things that are like death eaters in my life. And so I've been able to find that margin and that space to focus on those things versus the things that drain me. And I'm so excited to get to do that. And I'm giving myself to the end of the year. So I'd love to see what fruitful comes out of those things and focusing on these other areas throughout the rest of 2021, which when I looked at it, we have about 20 weeks left in this year. So look at that. (laughs) So other things that are really helping me keep my mood at eight is making my bed every day. I feel like when I'm making my bed every day, I'm less likely to want to nap. Um, I work from home, so it's less likely that I'll climb into bed at 10 for, you know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. And I'll take that 15 minutes and maybe work out during them. Um, and maybe stretch during them or maybe catch up on my favorite show or listen to my favorite playlist or make a smoothie or just do something else versus taking a power nap because I'm not really good at those. So really, it's just like laying down for 15 minutes. Uh, granted, some days I have needed a little breather. And so I give myself a little bit of grace there, but I'm not doing it as often because my bed is made up and I don't want to mess it up. And I feel like I get a tremendous amount of joy unmaking my bed at night and then a lot of satisfaction from making it up in the morning and just admiring how nice it looks. So I'm not just looking at sheets that are disheveled and pillows that are wherever it's just nice to see it like nice and tidy um I'm not gonna lie I should probably 
uh, start folding my clothes a little bit uh, more often, more frequently on a regular basis. So maybe I'll add that to my goal. But doing that does not keep my mood at an eight. I don't like folding clothes. I'm, I'm going to get better, though. I promise. <laughs> uh, so another thing that I do at, uh, daily to keep myself, at, at, you know, an eight for my mood is drink water. So making sure that I'm drinking a lot of water really, really helps me because when I get dehydrated, I feel like I'm like Aretha Franklin, those Snickers commercials. It's like hangry, but a little different. And then I have other symptoms. Like I start getting headaches. I start feeling like I need those naps. Um, it's so crazy because some days if I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling well, I'm like, maybe I should just drink like 20 ounces of water. And then I get those 20 ounces and I'm like, wait a minute, maybe I was just thirsty and I didn't have a headache or maybe I was just thirsty and I'm not sick. <laughs> maybe I was just dehydrated. So considering those factors versus trying to immediately say like, oh, I need a Tylenol. It's like, no, I don't. I just need a glass of water. Another thing is exercising. So I set a goal that I'd love to be able to do like 10 pull-ups. I'm not quite there, but I think setting that expectation helps me kind of understand what I'd like to achieve working out and moving my body. I've gotten back into doing yoga. So doing that, oh my gosh, I found the best little uh, power yoga stint on YouTube. So I was doing that one and really enjoying it, just really enjoying moving and a lot of action, but it was still really calming and really soothing, uh, and something that I'd love to do again. Another thing is walking away from stuff at work. So, um, in the nature of what I do, just being in marketing, a lot of times there's just a lot of back and forth and non-marketers have a perspective on how marketing should be done. Um, and one thing that's really kept me at an eight is just knowing when to walk away. (laughs) Um, You know, I think when I present a project to people, I'm like, this is how I think it should be done. I always get a, well, I think it should be done this way. What do you think? Well, if I thought we should do it that way, I would have presented that, but I didn't. And so um, a lot of times I'll just say sure to just keep things moving versus trying to create a dynamic of a back and forth. Um, and it just really makes me feel a lot better. It's like, sure, whatever you think is best. Sure. I agree. Or I, I don't say I agree if I don't, but I do say like, sure, I think this would add great value or something like that. And just let it go. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think so much of my career has been spent in the fighting ring and I don't want to be in the fighting ring. I want to be a spectator. The spectators get to show up, have drinks, chill out and just leave when everything's done. They don't leave beaten up, broken down you know, defeated, nobody publicizes their losses. Like I was watching, of course, looking on Twitter yesterday and I saw Carrie Richardson lost a race. Like she came in dead last and everybody was giving her such heat for it. And they wanted her to be so broken down by the loss. And she wasn't, she was like, okay, you know, I get it. Today wasn't my day, but don't count me out. And I'm like, I get, I get that too. Um, and that's, that's cool. But I just feel like, you know, being a spectator sometimes, is okay, uh, which kind of leads to my next point here is that another way I keep my mooded in eight is really just choosing to avoid the smoke. And what I mean by that is not jumping into every argument or disagreement or dysfunctional conversation that's happening. Again, I feel like I've spent so much of my life um, in some of my more personal relationships, like in the ring fighting. And it's like, I don't want to be in the ring. I really don't. I just want to enjoy things. And I think sometimes you're going to disagree and you're going to talk it out and that's necessary. But then there's other times where 
it's, you just really don't have to say anything. Just let it go and just keep it moving. Um, I think I talked about this book before, but crucial conversations. I think sometimes those conversations are necessary, but then sometimes if two people are sharing their opinion, which a recent one that I got came across was a family talking about pro-vaccine versus anti-vaccine. And I don't want to be in that conversation. So I did not join it. And I feel peace because of that. So choosing to avoid the smoke is a big thing that I do. Um, Another one is I talked about this a little bit earlier, but self-care during the pandemic. So reminding myself that I do need to have the things that I need in place to take care of myself in this pandemic. I do need to have my pedicures. Um, You know, I'm going to say they're a need to some extent. I don't need to have them every week, but I can justify having a monthly pedicure um, because it makes me feel good. It brings me joy. It helps me relax. So making sure that I'm meeting those self-care goals. I brought a wax subscription to European Wax Center years ago, and I still renew that subscription annually because it helps me go on a consistent basis. Like I go and then I have to schedule a follow-up. So like my eyebrows are always waxed and I just feel nice, you know, like, oh, my eyebrows are waxed. They look good. So making sure that I go for my waxing appointments when I make them and being consistent about those because it just makes me feel good. And even on a deeper level, the self-care, I set a goal to have three to five vegetables a day. So I've been, I've, I've done good with that one over the last week. And my friend and I, we both had like daily goals, weekly goals that we wanted to achieve. And I'm proud to say that I did accomplish those for the last seven days. I had five to seven vegetables every day. Um, some days I had a smoothie, other days I had like green beans, peas, cauliflower, uh, spinach, uh, peaches. Uh, I was able to just make sure that I made it happen. And I think that's a big part of self-care for me because I love vegetables. And I mean, of course they're healthy for us. And I think that's a really, really good goal to just keep my mind very clear and to keep me very focused just because when I eat better, I feel better. I sleep better. I can function better. Everything just flows. And so I want to keep everything flowing. Um, I think ultimately I, I mean, nobody wants to be in a pandemic. Nobody wants to be doing what we're doing, but I think over the last few weeks, I've been able to find a lot more joy than I ever have in the pandemic. And I'm just being truthful with that just because I've changed my focus. I mean, I think it's really easy to get caught up on the sad part of what we're going through. I don't want to wear a mask anymore. I I just, I do because I know that it's what's best, but it's sad because I don't get to see people's smiles. I don't get to show my smile. I love my smile. <laughs> um, and it makes me sad a lot of times when I'm out and I can't see people's faces or that I have to stay away from them. And I was thinking the other day, I really needed a hug and I didn't get a hug. (laughs) So it does, it does make you get sad, but I think I never really dropped below an eight. I can say that for the last three weeks, just because I've been so intent on just making sure that I have what I need to function at an optimal level every day. And when I think of that, the title of that song where it says looking through patient eyes, I feel like that's how I want to look at myself because A lot of times I'm just so hard on myself and I'm an Enneagram seven. I don't know if you guys are into the Enneagram, but I can definitely see my negative wing being a one, like really trying to be perfectionist and really trying to, um, 
you know, be so centered or consumed by like what everyone else is doing and how they're doing it and how they're not doing it. Like I would do it. And I can't be that way um, because it's not healthy. It takes me below an eight because it's like the comparison trap. No one's going to do the work that you do or have the expertise that you do. And you can't expect that from them. And so when I do expect that, it just makes it really unfair. It makes me feel like the person that I'm working with doesn't meet my level expectations that doesn't mean that they're not good at what they do and then sometimes my expectations are a little bit unrealistic because like I said I was working waking up at 6 a.m in the morning to work and I don't think anyone should be expected to do that unless like that's your actual work time but if you work a full-time nine-to-five job being up three hours before you're supposed to work doesn't really like you can't expect other people to do that. Like that was really ridiculous. So <laughs> recognizing that um, sometimes the things that I was doing were just not healthy. They were really toxic and they were setting just this awful dynamic. It really helped me realize like I can't expect other people to do this. I shouldn't even be doing this. So <laughs> it really helps you level say I'm like, who's doing work at 6 a.m.? I could be sleeping an extra 15 minutes, exercising, cooking breakfast, all the things, but what I'm actually doing. So Level setting my expectations is so important. And if anything, I hope you guys get out of this podcast is just to take care of yourselves. Um, I wasn't good at it. And I started seeing some negative things about myself because I was not taking care of myself. And I don't want anyone else to do that. So take care of yourselves out there. Um, show yourself some patience and grace. Look at yourself through patient eyes. Um Every time I hear that song now, I just really pause at the words. I'm like, wow, I really need to make sure I see myself that way and also see others that way. And um, it really helps level set. Like I said, it helps level set. It helps reduce stress. Um, I was out for lunch with my cousin yesterday and she was like, your skin looks so clear. What have you been doing? And I was like, minding my business <laughs> just because it really removes a lot of stress from you when you just focus on what you're supposed to be doing and less on what everyone else is doing. And you're also patient with yourself and you show yourself the level of care, a level of care. I sometimes was not showing to myself. I was giving away to other people like, Oh, that person, that's okay. Or, you know, that's all right that they did this, or it's okay that they said this and then did another thing. And I wasn't showing myself that grace because sometimes some of the expectations I put on myself are just not always going to happen. Like, I was trying to um, go to the sauna every day. And last week, my hair was blown out. And I was like, I don't want to go to the sauna to mess up my blowout. So I just did other workouts. <laughs> so I just had to show myself some grace there. It's like, that's one goal that I did not meet because I didn't want to be laying in the heat, messing up my blowout. I wanted to preserve it um, a couple days longer. So I jumped roped. I did other workouts. I, I think I biked. So everything else I could do that would not ruin the blowout. <laughs> But um, just looking at myself patiently to understand like, yeah, what's going to happen this week? And that's OK. <laughs> you did not die. Um, but anyway, I am so appreciative of everyone supporting my podcast. I have some big new podcast goals as part of that list of goals that I put together. And I hope to disclose some with in the later podcast, a couple episodes down, but I'm so thankful that you listened, that you're sticking around with me. I know I haven't been the most consistent, but I really feel like when I think about things in my life that bring me joy, creating and recording this podcast is one of them. And I need to make 
publicizing this podcast, another one of them to make sure that all the people that would love to listen are listening and engaged and know when new episodes come out. So stick with me and I hope that we can continue to learn, grow, and I can continue to create really great content for you guys out there to hear. So if you'd like to keep in touch with me, I'm on social media as The Great Dana J, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mostly on Twitter, more than the others, but um, we'll get there. <laughs> and I'd love to keep in touch. You can email me at Dana at TheGreatDanaJ.com. So I have an email address there. And again, I'd love to be back with you guys as soon as possible. Hope to talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. Bye.